All right, hey Janelle, uh, we're uh, <laughs> we're ready to talk about college football playoff rankings. Yes, sir. Uh, we finally got the field of four announced earlier this afternoon, so we thought we'd give some thoughts on that and the selection and you know, some of the upcoming bowl games over the next month or so. Yeah, so uh, you know. It's about four o'clock in the afternoon. We've had a little bit of time to to see everything and and react. Um, and I know we were texting during, but uh, your initial reactions to uh, the top four being uh, Alabama, Clemson, Notre Dame, and Oklahoma, with Georgia five and Ohio State six. Okay, so I don't have a problem with the top four. Alabama won their conference. They've been number one all year. That's they were a virtual lock. Um, Clemson, same thing. They deserve to be there. I think there's an argument about Notre Dame, uh, you know, because of the lack of a 13th data point. Um, although, you know, in the past, what happens is they have said that the conference title, you know, holding that trophy only comes into play when they believe that a team is you know, if teams are even, if they believe a team is unequivocally better, um, then, you know, obviously that doesn't matter. Now, is Notre Dame unequivocally better than the teams that were up for the fourth spot? I think that's up for debate. And honestly, I think they're going to get, I think Clemson's going to walk all over them. I'd be shocked if they didn't. Uh, But, I mean, we'll we'll see what happens. But the fourth spot, you know, going to Oklahoma, um, they had a close loss against Texas and then avenged it, you know, yesterday. Uh, so I don't really have a huge issue with that. I have a huge issue with Georgia being fifth and Ohio State being sixth uh, because for a committee that talks about, you know, winning your conference, how does a team that had two losses, including a bad one to LSU and then losing yesterday in your conference title, how does that team finish you know, ahead of a team that won its conference? that you know with one loss um because basically what that tells me is if even if texas had won yesterday ohio state would not have gotten in and i just i failed to see the logic behind that um and then you know the logic with oklahoma also kind of bugged me because they wanted to talk about ohio state's close calls and their bad loss and you know to purdue and it was absolutely a bad loss but oklahoma has had some really really ugly games too, including, you know, needing a miracle to beat Oklahoma State and giving up a whole lot of points. But I fully expect that we're going to get Alabama-Clemson again in the national championship game. Yeah, um, that Georgia being at five was what got me. I figured the top four was probably what it was going to be. You know, there was the outside shot that um, Ohio State could sneak in, um, you know, in a potential – you know, either jump jump Oklahoma or Oklahoma and and Ohio State both end up jumping Notre Dame, like you said, on conference championship uh, at 13th data point. But uh, Georgia sitting there at five really just kind of annoys me because um, that you know they're rewarding they're rewarding Georgia for losing a game to yes, it's the best team in college football. Yes, they're number one. They're undefeated all that, but they did lose by 20 at LSU. And uh, I sent you this earlier, uh, but it was a tweet from Todd Blackledge 
uh, said, I love Jake Fromm, Kirby Smart, and George's team. My only problem with declaring them one of the best four is that you had the champs on the ropes, twice leading by 14, and you knocked out the Heisman front runner from the game. Finish the job, and it's simple. Uh, I mean, that's a game they should have won. Um, and it's uh, it's really frustrating to see, you know, this is a team that I saw again on Twitter, someone compared to uh, the SEC version of Michigan. They'll win all their easy games. They'll win the games they're supposed to, and then they'll play their rivals or they'll play you know, a team that's just way more talented and they'll lose, um, whether it's, you know, last second or, um, you know, just being beaten the whole game. Uh, they just tend to always lose big games. And uh, we saw it last year in the national championship game against Alabama. We saw it yesterday in the SEC championship game against Alabama. Um, just they've had chances at that team. They've had their shots at that team and they can't do it. Uh, but to put a two-loss non-conference champion in front of a one-loss conference champion who over the last two weeks has played two top 25 defenses and hung over 100 points total in those two games, uh, it's it's tough to see. Exactly. Um, I think one of the biggest things that bothers me about this whole system is that it continues to be a moving target. Um, you know, in the first year, uh, when Ohio State leapfrogged TCU, the argument was that they were a conference champion and that their their wins were more important than the loss of Virginia Tech. And it, fe- it feels, to me at least, like the conversation has shifted. And now it's not really about your best wins. It's just to make sure that you had the least egregious loss. And I think that's dangerous precedent Um, because the bottom line is it is very tough to win at this level. Uh, You know, you you pick one wrong day, you know, you have one off day and, you know, you get beat, whether it's by one point or by 20 points, it happens. And I think devaluing wins is that's a bold strategy. And I'm not sure it's one that sets up the system for success. And I tweeted this earlier. I am of the belief that every voter in that room should have to make their, their ballot public after they put the, uh, the field of four out. Because I think there's a lot of politics going on behind those doors. Yeah, I agree. I think it'd be funny. I think it'd be interesting to see um, what, you know, each person in there voted. Because there are a couple coaches uh, you know, I think Frank Beamer's son is on the offensive coaching staff at Oklahoma. Gene Smith is, you know, Ohio State's athletic director. He's on the on the committee. Um, there's another, I think it's Oklahoma's AD is also on the committee. Uh, so there's a lot of, you know, backhanded interest there. But I would like to see, um, we kind of, you know, texted about it a little bit during the day, uh, you know, and you know, it'd be interesting to see when someone will start pulling for it because uh, it doesn't sound like Jim Delaney of the Big Ten is going to right now, uh, but pulling for some expansion uh, from four to eight teams. Because uh, I was kind of going through math in my head. You know, uh, if you do it, Power Five teams or Power Five conferences, each conference champion gets in. So right now you're looking at Alabama, Ohio State, Oklahoma, Clemson, and Washington. And then you go 
if there's a you know potential you know group of five team like UCF is this year that's in the top ten or twelve, you include them, and then you have two at large two at large teams, and you're looking at basically the current top eight. Uh, right. If you do it that way, you know you'd, you'd have UCF in instead of Michigan. Um, you'd have you know the five conference champions UCF, Georgia, and Notre Dame as an at large. Uh, and you could rank them however you want at that point. Uh, but someone's going to start clamoring for expansion soon. And based on stuff I saw earlier, it doesn't seem like it's going to be Jim Delaney of the Big Ten. Um, as he you know, spent his day congratulating the teams that got in rather than fighting for, uh, for his own teams. Yeah, I saw that and that really irritated me. I mean, the man should be fighting for his own conference to, you know, get into, you know, this opportunity to play for a national championship because that only helps this conference. Um, you know, I understand the Big Ten's history with the Rose Bowl, and, I mean, maybe there's a little bit of that at play. It still doesn't make a whole heck of a lot of sense to me. Uh, but it's, you know, he's definitely not going to lead the charge for expansion. That that has become clear. Um but just listening to some of the pundits, I know Joel Platt has said that some of the brokers for college football have said that, you know, they're ready to make this step into an expanded, you know, field. Um, the TV contract goes through like 2024, 2025. So there's a lot of things in play here. I think that's something that they can easily adjust. Um, you know, how soon they do it, I don't know, but, you know, by the same token, these conference commissioners agreed to this. They knew that there were five power five conferences when they decided to go with a fourteen playoff. Uh, so I think you know before they make any big cha- wholesale changes, I would say that they need to think long and hard about what they need this to look like. Uh, and I also think there needs to be a discussion about schools like Notre Dame. Well, you know why? Why do they get to get away with playing one less game? I mean, I, I think they should be forced to join a conference, but that's me. Yeah, I'm with you on the Notre Dame bit. Uh, you know, Notre Dame, you know, it was cool, you know, 20 years ago for them to be the independent team that could schedule whoever they wanted, uh, you know, because at that point they were still remotely, you know, a national powerhouse. Uh, but right now, you know, they had a four and eight year recently. You know, people were calling for Brian Kelly to be fired. Um, and, you know, they managed to turn around and go 12-0, and 0, but you look at their schedule, you know, they beat Michigan by seven. Ohio State beat Michigan by, I don't remember the margin, 62-39. I don't want to do the math right now to figure that out. They beat uh, Northwestern by, I believe, 10, and Ohio State won that one by 21. So, I mean, you compare those two just off the bat, um, I think, you know, and they were saying it on ESPN earlier, if you took Ohio State, Oklahoma, or Georgia and had them face Notre Dame, they're all favored over Notre Dame. And I believe all of them would absolutely just kill Notre Dame. And I'm imagining that's what's going to happen uh, on, I think it's December 28th or 29th when they play Clemson. Um, I don't think they're going to be able to hang with Clemson. They struggled really late in the year. Um, you know, We're down really late against a 5-7 and seven UC- USC team. Um, they struggled with teams like Pitt. Um, you know, they just seemed to struggle throughout the year. And, uh, you know, it was funny kind of watching ESPN today when the rankings came out. 
uh, trying to watch uh, Jesse Palmer and some of the and uh, Kirk Herbstreit and some of those guys talk themselves into Notre Dame versus Clemson actually being a good game. Yeah, I mean, just I'm not saying that Notre Dame is not a good football team. They are. You don't get to 12 and 0 without being a good football team. But yeah. the F line that they seem to have is quite frustrating. Yeah, it's uh, it's frustrating that you know they can go twelve and zero and not join a conference and still be regarded as they are. Um, you know, I think if the committee really does put a premium on conference championships, then that should have been a negative, and we should have seen Notre Dame at four instead of at three. Um, you know, and Oklahoma should have leapfrogged them because of the conference championship and avenging the one loss they had. Um, it's you know. Notre Dame, it's not it's not that special to be independent anymore, um, and especially when you're kind of, you know, you're half playing an ACC schedule, uh, and you're still scheduling, you know, you know, a couple Pac-12 teams and and Michigan and you know, maybe Michigan State here or there. You know, I know we played Notre Dame in a couple years, but you know, to play basically an ACC football schedule and definitely play them in a in and be in the ACC in basketball, just join the ACC. Um, you know, join whatever the, I forget what their two divisions are, but you'd be in the division where, you know, you'd have to go through Pitt and Boston College probably, which you're Notre Dame. You should probably be able to get to an ACC championship game then. Um, so I'd like to see in the next couple of years, someone kind of, you know, something happen that kind of pushes Notre Dame towards a conference. Um, but, you know, we'll see if that ends up happening. Absolutely. I mean, I will say this too. If this continues, you're going to see these marquee out of conference early season matchups go by the wayside. Because if it's just about finishing undefeated, you may as well make the schedule as easy as humanly possible. In my opinion, you're going to see like, why would Ohio State, for example, I mean, they're just the one I'm most familiar with. We play TCU this year. Next year, I think they don't have a huge one next year. I mean, they do play Cincinnati, which is going to be a tough game. But then in two years playing Oregon, what benefit do those teams get out of playing each other early on? None. Yeah, um, I agree. I think, you know, we saw it this year with, uh, you know, people talking about a little bit more later in the season uh, with the SEC scheduling uh, and their eight conference game um you know, set up, um, you know, I'm looking at Georgia's schedule this year. Their non-conference schedule was Austin P, Middle uh, Middle Tennessee State, and Samford before they played Georgia Tech uh, as the last game of the season. Oh, and they played UMass. Uh, so, I mean, you're talking about Samford, uh, not Stanford, Samford, Austin P, Middle Tennessee State, and UMass. Um, you know, it, it, at this point, it seems like, you know, they're rewarding, uh, you know, obviously you reward going undefeated because, like you said, that's not an easy thing to do. But, man, I mean, if you imagine the, you know, like we said, we're both Ohio State grads. If you imagine the backlash Ohio State would take for playing, you know, Akron, uh, Eastern Michigan, you know, throw in an FCS team, you know, like a Samford type team and, 
um, somebody else, you know, that's a, either a Mac team or, you know, somewhere along those lines, it, they're going to get hammered for their out-of-conference schedule. But then you take a team like Georgia, nobody talks about the fact that they played, you know, four terrible non-conference games. Exactly. Um, I mean, I – the bottom line is I, I – this whole experiment with the playoff has changed every single year. Um, and, I mean, with the conference games, the non-conference games, the, you know, the conference title games, there's just no, no consistency. Um, so I'm not, I'm not sure where they go from here. Um, but I do think, I do think you're going to see changes coming up. And I do also think, uh, there needs to be better explanation for what they're doing and why. That's just my two cents. No, they, right. they definitely need better explanation. Um, yeah. Because, you know, they bring the, the CF, the, the committee head, committee chair on, and he basically says the same four things that basically don't tell you anything uh, about why they did something. You know, we spent the last three weeks hearing that, um, you know, as Ohio State and Oklahoma both struggled, but both won. Um, you know, Oklahoma has this elite offense. Their defense is ranked 111th in the country, and their offense just overcomes that. Whereas if, when you look at it from the Ohio State side, you hear, well, their defense struggled against Maryland. Uh, you know, They didn't play a good all-around game, and then, but their offense bailed them out. Okay, but what's the difference? Like you, you have to give a, you have to give some sort of concrete criteria at this point. You know, we can't just have eye tests. We can't just have, um, well, this is what we talked about, and we're not going to tell you what can improve or how. You know, what really went on. Um, it, it's frustrating that the committee is so not like. I don't know the right word for it, but it's just they're not transparent with what they're looking for at this point at all. So with that said, uh, now that the field is set, uh, if we want to talk about some of these games coming up, um, I'm just going to say it. I think Clemson's going to thrash Notre Dame. And I think Alabama is going to do the same thing to Oklahoma. I understand that Kyler Murray is very good, but I have no faith in Oklahoma being able to stop Alabama in any capacity, and I have no faith in Clemson uh, or in Notre Dame being able to stop uh, Trevor Lawrence and uh, Clemson. None. Yeah, I 100% agree there. Um, I think Oklahoma is going to put up points, but they're never going to—they're not going to stop Tua, uh, assuming he's healthy, which it sounds like he will be. Um, you know, based on what Nick Saban said today, um, I don't think they're going to be able to stop Alabama at all. Uh, and I think Alabama's good and like they're just athletic. Their their defense is really good. They're going to be able to get some stops. They're going to they've got a month to or just under a month to prepare for Oklahoma. I think they'll be fine. Uh, and then on the other side of the, the playoff, I think Clemson's just going to run through Notre Dame. Um, you know, I think I saw a stat earlier that Clemson hasn't given up a meaningful touchdown since like the Syracuse game at the beginning of the season for them, um, which is just incredible. You know, their defense is their defensive line is phenomenal. 
Um, I don't think Notre Dame's offense is going to be able to do too much uh, unless Ian Book can somehow run for his life and find people 30, 40 yards downfield. They're not going to be able to do too much, I don't think. Yeah, I'm not seeing it. And I think think on the other side of the ball in that game that Trevor Lawrence is going to be able to do whatever he wants. uh, And Clemson's running attack is so good that they're just going to run the ball all over Notre Dame and then hit him with a bunch of deep passes from uh, from Trevor Lawrence, and it's going to be game over by the end of the first half. Absolutely, and you know, to your like, you know, thinking about those two games, yeah, I think we're getting a what? This would be Clemson Bama part three, right? Or is this part four? Uh, weren't they a semifinal game last year? So wouldn't it be part four? Yes, yeah, I think it was Georgia Oklahoma. Georgia, Oklahoma in the Rose Bowl, and then uh, I think it was Alabama, Clemson in the other in the other game, and then uh, we ended up getting Alabama, Georgia for the championship. Yep. So yeah, this is this is part four of uh, Clemson, Alabama. Honestly, I I assume. Alabama wins just because it's Alabama, but I, I mean, I don't know. I think it's going to be tough. I mean, Jake Fromm did expose Alabama's defense, and Trevor Lawrence may be able to do the same. I think it'll be a good game, but I, I'm not sure. Yeah, I think if there is one of those four teams that's going to beat Alabama, it's Clemson, and I think if there's one of those four teams that's going to beat Clemson, it's Alabama. So I think that's going to be a really good national championship game. Because uh, I'm assuming that's what we're going to get. I don't really think Notre Dame or Oklahoma have chances, um, but I know that one. You know, if it, if that's what ends up happening, I'll I'll probably tune in to watch that one for sure. For sure, um, Ohio State Washington. Uh, the story of this game is going to be Ohio State's offense against the Washington secondary, based on the tear that Dwayne Haskins is on right now. I wouldn't give Washington much of a shot, but I guess you never know. Yeah. Um, you know, we were talking a little bit before this about, you know, some of Ohio, you know, mainly uh, Draymond Jones might be the only player for Ohio State. It sounds like he might be, you know, um, ready to sit out a bowl game uh, to protect his draft stock because it sounds like he's going to be a, a almost a for sure first round pick, um, you know, we heard from Haskins uh, today in, in the media that he was gonna he was gonna play in the bowl game no matter what, and he's gonna make a decision regarding his future after that. Um, you know, selfishly, uh, I'm sure both of us would love to see him back, uh, but who knows if maybe it's just the money is gonna be too much for him to turn it down, which I completely understand. Um, but I think throwing for 4.99 yesterday and five touchdowns. Uh, his performance against Michigan, uh, you know, the game he had against Maryland, I, I, they, I think what they, sh- I mean, it should be passing a bunch against Washington and just letting the, the speed of Paris Campbell and Johnny Dixon and Terry McLaurin just overrun them. Absolutely, yeah. I think, I mean, Washington's a good football team. I just, I think Ohio State can out-talent them. The question will be, does Ohio State get up for this game after being left out of the playoff for the second year in a row? And I think they will. I think they will. And I especially think if this is Haskins' last game as a Buckeye, I think he shows out. Yeah. Um, you know, when we saw 
I don't know how much you were on Twitter when uh, when the final rankings came out this morning, but uh, you know, as soon as they came out, I saw Mike Weber and a couple other uh, you know a couple other guys tweet about tweet their shock that they uh, they didn't even jump up to five, uh, and I think that shows a lot that uh, you know they're going to be a pissed off team that's going to show that you know I think they're going to try to hang sixty on Washington and show that. Uh, that they deserve to be playing on uh, December 28th or 29th. Yeah, I would agree. I think we're going to see, I think we're going to see them pretty much dominate Washington, but I mean, stranger things have happened. You never know. Yeah. Um, Michigan, after getting housed last weekend by Ohio state falls to Florida in the peach bowl, right? I think it's the peach bowl. Yes. It's the, yeah, the it's- peach bowl against Florida. Uh, honestly, I think I would pick Florida. I don't think Michigan's going to be up for that game at all. No, I think they they were so focused on their revenge tour uh, and getting into the Big Ten championship game, and I think it's just going to be a letdown to go to the Peach Bowl and to play a team they've played in bowl games, what, like two of the last four years, I think. Um, you know, maybe they can just get their revenge on Florida and call their revenge tour complete. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> they could, you know, uh, and, and go four for five on that this year. Um, but that's just going to be, it's deflating for them. Um, and I don't care. I love it. Uh, but I, that one's going to be hard just cause I don't know how much I trust Florida's offense. Uh, they've been up and down all year. You know, they put on a show against LSU, uh, knocking them out, pretty much knocking them out of the playoff, uh, contention earlier this year, but they've also struggled a lot this year. Uh, they struggled a lot. Yeah. Against, they struggled a lot against Georgia and I'd like to see, uh, I don't know. I think that that game might be better than, you know, we're thinking it's going to be, but I don't know if I'm going to particularly go out of my way to watch it. I, I don't, I don't think I will. I, I probably won't. Honestly. I mean, most of these, bowl, none of these bowls are like, Oh yeah, I have to watch that. That that's which sucks because I love college football, but a lot of these bowls just—I mean, there's nothing that's like, oh, that's really intriguing to me. Yeah, um, the one we joked about just before recording here was the fact that Iowa once again is going to the Outback Bowl, where it seems like that's just where they live at this point. Yeah, they yeah, they absolutely they do. Kind of just book they a do. ticket every year in December to go to Tampa for the Outback Bowl. Pretty much. I mean, they, I was usually good for like one or two upsets a year, and then they end up in a mid-tier bowl like that. You can pretty yeah. much just count on that. Yep. Um, the other games that'll be interesting. Uh, I I just want to see LSU just smack UCF. I'm sick of hearing about 25-0 and 0 and they need to be in the playoff and all this. Um, I hope Joe Burrow and LSU, after a month of of sitting and waiting, just go out and demolish UCF. Yeah, I'm hoping for the same thing. I hope that LSU's defensive backs just end it. Although we'll get excuses about why it was okay because, you know, Milton was hurt. And, I mean, his inner injury was terrible. Don't get me wrong. But, I mean, it's just – I've got UCF fatigue. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm sick of hearing about it. Um, it was fun last year when they went undefeated and got left out. And, 
you know, wanted, you know, everyone thought, oh, they could have beaten Bama or they could have given Bama a game. Um, I, I just want to see it done. I just want LSU to go in and, and hang 40 on them and, you know, let their defense do its thing. And Joe Burrow ends up with a couple touchdowns and uh, we put the, the UCF thing to bed. Yes, immediately. Um, and then, actually, this game does intrigue me, Texas and Georgia, although I really think Georgia's going to blow their doors off. I think that they might score 40 on that Texas defense um, because, I mean, Jake Fromm can sling it. But, I mean, I guess you never know. Yeah, and it's weird to see, hear people talk about a, a bad Texas defense. Uh, that's something that they've always kind of – it seems like they've always prided themselves on, having a good defense. Uh, so to hear, you know, Texas having a bad defense uh, is weird, but I, I think I agree that uh, unless Texas can, can do something on offense, and, I mean, there was a couple times where they, you know, they got backed up in their own end against Oklahoma, but Oklahoma's got a – Terrible defense, and you know Texas couldn't do too much. Uh, you know, I, I think Texas is uh, is in for a rude awakening playing Georgia, especially in the Sugar Bowl. Yes, absolutely. I, I would, I would tend to agree on that. Um, I think that kind of covers it for the big bowl games. And I mean, we've got what? I mean, there's a ton between now and the playoffs and then, you know, between January 1st. It's hard to believe we've come to the end of another season. Yeah, it uh, it flew by. It's weird to think that, you know, three months ago we were talking about, um, you know, Ohio State putting up 60 or 70 on Oregon State and, uh, you know, wanting to see where that team would progress and seeing what uh, – you know, what some of the other week one games, you know, that Notre Dame-Michigan game was just about three months ago now. Um, and seeing how teams have evolved during the season. Um, it's weird to go to for it to already be done. And, uh, you know, come January 1st, at least for us, you know, we're going to be ready for it to be September all over again. Absolutely. Yeah. We're about, what, eight or nine months away and we'll yeah. be doing it all over again. Yeah, um, you know, like I said before, um, selfishly, we're going to hope that Dwayne Haskins uh, has a bit of that, that fire that uh, that Mike Doss had when he came back after 2001 for his senior year. Um, you know, Mike Doss said, I think he said beating Michigan in 2001 kind of showed him that uh, sticking around and, and trying to win a, win a title and realizing the culture was changing there um, is what kept him. Uh, and I'd love to see, you know, selfishly, we'd love to see it from, from Dwayne. Um, you know, maybe this not getting into the playoff snub, especially after his comment last night about if the committee puts us in, I'm going to put on a show. Um, I'm hoping that that kind of turns him around and, you know, maybe he'll uh, he'll stick out and try to break his own records. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping so. But, okay, so if you had to make a call right now, does he stay or go? Right now, after these last couple games, I think based on where he's like projected, I think he's going to go, but my heart wants him to stay, obviously. <laughs> I agree. I think he's gone. But I think we'll see how they do in the Rose Bowl, and then he'll get you know evaluations and he'll get opinions, and, and they'll go from there. But if I had to call it, I'd say he's out of here. Yeah, and you know the coaching staff's going to be honest with him about what they think he should do. Um, 
you know, they tend to always be pretty honest with their players uh, about, you know, whether they're ready to go or not. Um, and maybe, you know, maybe it's a thing where they think uh, he might need just a little more uh, fine tuning uh, and it might serve him, you know, to, to stay, but in the end, he's going to make his own decision. Um, and we'll see what that ends up being, but uh, I'm excited already for, for bowl season to start. And then once that ends for, uh, for next football season and to see uh, who comes back for Ohio state and uh, what that team will do next year. Cause it sounds like a lot of the defense is returning a lot of uh, there's going to be some key wide receivers back. Austin Mack will be healthy. Uh, a lot of the line, it sounds like, is going to be ready to go next year, and uh, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, absolutely. So, but in the meantime, see how it happens with these bowls and yep. Urban Meyer, and we'll see if he, you know, decides to come back and coach. Yeah, yeah, that that rumor that came out this week. So anyway, but yeah, so we'll see what happens. Yeah, um, you know, hopefully, uh, hopefully nothing too much else happens in the next couple of days. Uh, you know, while we try to get this uh, edited and out, but uh, here's our little uh, Sunday afternoon college football playoff reactions. And uh, Janelle, it was great to talk to you. And uh, you know, I'm sure we'll talk again either. We might do another one later this week or early next week. Yes, sir. We'll talk soon. All right. Catch you later. See you, Janelle. Bye-bye.